Hello and welcome in to the Internal Show. It is Wednesday, September 20th. This is a Wednesday night show now. Um, Wednesday night, Thursday morning show. Now that's just, it, the day moved. That's just what it is. Um, this is Wednesday, September 20th, 8.56 p.m. Sneaky emergency podcast because some big Vikings news just happened within the past few hours, um, which we'll get to. Not actually an emergency podcast because it's the time I'd record it anyway, but I'm going to say it's an emergency podcast to pump the numbies because people are going to go, oh, we're going to talk about Cam Akers, you know, so I'm going to say it's an emergency podcast, pump the numbies. Um, emergency podcast, Cam Akers signed. We'll break it all down. Talk about the Vikings, how they stink. Um, talk about the Reisner stuff. A little bit about college football. A little bit about the Twins. A little bit of a post game. Yeah, let's get started. Um, this podcast is sponsored by State Farm Insurance because I'm looking at it right now. My uh, insurance cards came in the mail. Got to put them in the in the whip for when I get pulled over again. Um. But yeah, let's start. Cam Akers signed, what is it, four hours ago? Oh, two hours ago, according to the ESPN alert on my phone still. Um, for a 2026 pick swap, which that to me sounds like basically nothing. Um, first of all, it's in 2026, which is like four years from now. Um, and it's a pick swap, which sounds like basically it means nothing, I think. I actually, like, hand up, full disclosure, don't really know what a pick swap completely entails. Um, Obviously, we're swapping picks. But is it, like, whoever has the worst pick gets... Like, whoever... Like, if we have a worst pick in a round, they get it, right? Or if if we have the better pick in a round, then they get it. But what if we're better than them and we have a worse pick? Then they also lose the trip. Like, it's basically it's free. Unless I completely misunderstand what pick swapping is. It's very possible. We got cam makers for free. Now, why do we get cam makers for free? Um, well, let's start with why cam makers is absolutely necessary. He's a very good person to have on the team. Um, person, probably not the word. Player to have on the team. Um, the team is worst in rushing in the entire league. The Vikings are worst in rushing in the entire league. I think we're the only team that doesn't have 100 rushing yards yet. We have like less than 70. So over two games, less than 75 rushing yards or 69 rushing yards or something like that is very horrible. It's very bad. Um, so bring in a new running back that's in theory more talented and I think well, not even in theory he's more talented than Alexander Madison Alexander Madison um he is what he thought he is what we thought he was to an extent where you know he's a good back running back he filled in for Delvin Cook pretty well honestly at times last year but um not really not really well, he's very much not getting the job done this year, and Ty Chandler has been basically nothing. I don't even think he has a single rushing yard, despite getting some carries. So that's never a good sign. Um, 
Cam Akers, another Florida State guy. We've Delvin Cook is a Florida State guy, so that's nice. Um, in theory, much more talented, high, more highly touted coming out of college. Obviously, he was drafted higher. Um, don't remember exactly when he was drafted. I think second round. That sounds right. Um, played in the Rams system, which is very similar to our system now because Kevin O'Connell is like Walmart, um, Sean McVay. Um, so in theory, everything should be a pretty easy fit. I don't know how how significant that is for running backs in McVay's system. I mean, the only really running back systems I think about are um, like um, – What's the name of that town? Baltimore. And that might even be the old offense before Todd Munkin. But um, then especially any Shanahan offense. So like the Niners and um, Miami now because McDaniel's part of that too. Um, those are like very specific running backs that they like to target for all like the zone runs they do. Um, so I don't know if that – if. Uh, McVay running back is necessarily going to be a great Kevin O'Connell running back, or if it doesn't actually really matter that much. Anyway, um, hopefully some of the verbiage in the system is the same and you can pick it up pretty quickly or whatever. Um, don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, I don't think anybody knows that yet. Um, but yeah, he's, there's a lot more talent in the room today than there was yesterday and I think that's important because um I think even I even said reading the roster through on this podcast um when they made the final where the initial 53 man was all right we have three running backs none of them are stars per se and two of them we've never heard of type of thing or one's Kenny Wong Wu who is like a special teamer basically um now having a running back that has actually been good in the NFL at some point is is going to be nice, I think. Um, now, what are the problems with him? Why was he completely free, basically? Um, and, yeah, what are some potential downsides? Um, he's completely free because he's had some issues with L.A. Um, he's basically, like... Either he wants out or they want him out. I guess it's probably worse that they want him out. Um, but Sean McVay has said, said stuff about like him lacking urgency and him lacking intensity and how he just isn't a good fit for the team right now and that he's being healthy scratched in favor of Kyron Williams because that's the best thing for the team. If it's the best thing for the team to have you not play, that's generally not a good sign. Um but it sounds like it's more of a between the ears like personality thing than a play style or like talent level thing. Um, he did also have a bit like a big Achilles injury a few years ago and Achilles injuries aren't what they used to be. They're washed, but um, that sort of dampens maybe the, maybe the ceiling a little bit if he's just not quite as explosive as a player he was in college. But I didn't really think that anybody thought much of that was happening or that that was the case in his uh, few years with the Rams since then. Um, but yeah, I think the issue might be more like, does he work hard? Does he 
like his teammates to his teammates like him, that type of thing. Um, if he's anything like the last shitty person to be a Vikings running back, we'll be very happy. Um, which, by the way, Adrian Peterson, like, do you ever miss him? Because I just thought the other day about him. I feel like we didn't appreciate him, or at least maybe I didn't. I feel like we were too busy complaining about Christian Potter to realize what we had type of thing. And now we're too busy complaining about the interior offensive line to realize what we have with Justin Jefferson. Just uh, just appreciate it, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Cam Akers isn't him, but um, hopefully he'll be a significant improvement over what we got. Um, other, like, business side of things um, – K-Makers is still on his rookie deal, which helps. Um, so we're paying him very close to nothing. Um, it's a second year, or it's a second round pick rookie deal, so it's not completely nothing. But um, like Isaiah Pacheco is playing for the Chiefs on basically nothing right now. But um, rookie deal, so it's cheap. You want a cheap running back because of all the thing. You know, they're replaceable, as we literally just got one for free. Um so that's the way to do it. The way to do it is to do what we did instead of paying Delvin Cook. So even if we sat through two weeks of Alexander Madison sucking, um, I still think the process was right here and making a move when one was available was really good um, business on the behalf of Koisi. Um And then we'll just go draft somebody next year and then – pay their rookie contract because uh cam Akers is on, on his last year i think it's pretty clear that madison's not going to be the one so um let's go draft one or we'll pick up somebody else you know running backs are expendable but you'd still do need one and um we got one now hopefully as long as he isn't an asshole i guess i don't know um we will get to the game that's happened eventually, but um, I do feel like the team is just a little bit different than the team that played the Eagles a week ago now, or nearly a week ago now. Um, so let's talk about Reisner. Um, he's going to play guard, either left guard or right guard. I don't know if that's been decided yet. I should probably look that up, but um, Reisner. Um. I've said on this pod before when he visited the Vikings, um, the fact that I know his name means he's pretty good. Um, there's a lot of linemen who I don't know their names. And so, and I do know Dalton Reiser's name. So that means he must have been at some point pretty good. Um, that being said, there's obviously a reason he's not on a team, or it wasn't on a team until a couple of days ago. But um, I think he's a huge improvement over what we've got. Um, and what we got, got hurt, uh, last Thursday too. And it's just kind of a mess. So any sort of new bodies that have been playing at a high level, at least at some point are really good sign. Um, that being said, and again, I don't know if Ryzen is going to play this week. I don't know if anybody knows, but that being said, we knew the offensive line was a problem in camp. We probably knew it in minicamp. You can look at the roster of people that were wearing purple in Minnesota and think there's not enough 
big dudes that push people around on this team. You could have said that in June, probably. You could have said that in July for sure. Um, so why do we have to lose two games where we're getting bullied on both sides of the ball in the trenches to like go make a move when we knew this? And and so that like as as happy as I am about the process of the Cam Akers deal, not paying a running back, getting a cheap one that was upset with his team in trade for week three. I love that. We knew we weren't good on the offensive line, especially the interior of the offensive line. We knew that in July. We knew that in August. We certainly knew it by the end of this preseason. Why do we have to wait two weeks before we make a move? Dalton Reisner visited camp. He visited the Vikings in, I don't remember when it was, but it was late July or early August. He visited Vikings camp. And didn't get signed. Whatever, I mean, maybe it was a money thing at the time or or not, but like whatever it was, um, we absolutely... Like, we're not paying him any less now that we've lost two games with a shitty offensive line play. Um, that, like, so I, you know, if it was a money thing, I feel like we were maybe even paying more now. Um, again, I didn't look at the deal. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Dalton Reisner deal. So, like, obviously I like the deal now, but, like, why did we have to? We knew it was going to happen. We knew it. Everybody knew it. I knew it, and I'm stupid. I'm, I knew the offensive line, the interior especially, needed help. I was saying that in July. And then we just get bullied by rookies, and obviously um, that Eagles rookie at D-tackle, I don't remember his name now, the guy from Georgia. He's obviously not a normal rookie, but we're getting bullied by rookies. And then we lose two games, we got to make a move. Why don't we just, you know, make the move to begin with when we already know that the offensive line was shit. Um, Reisner contract, there it is. Now, obviously, you can say, okay, the injuries happen, and this makes it more necessary now. Sure. But we still knew back then that it's going to need to happen, and injuries always happen. And we came in with, like, eight offensive linemen on the team. Like, we we're, like, some of the fewest offensive linemen on the roster of any team in the league. Often done 10 um, in the past. Um... He's got a one-year contract, two million guaranteed. So it's not it's not like we're spending the the you know, entire Brinks truck on the guy. Um, I, you know, maybe he's complete wash, and maybe they didn't like what they saw in the workout. I don't know, but um, I feel like for a team that needed bodies and needed bodies that had played at a high level, the fact that we waited a couple losses to bring in a body, um. Is a little bit crazy to me, but he's here now, so I guess I guess we're happy again. Don't know if he's going to play. Um, it would not be very familiar with the system playing in Denver. They play a very different system. Um, actually, I mean, I don't know that for sure. Again, not an exodus in those guys, but um, it feels very different, especially before they had Russell Wilson. Um, let's see what else. So the Vikings are 0-2. We haven't talked about the Eagles game on the spot yet. Um, 38 or 34 to 28. Did I make that up? 
This was a game where, unlike the um, the Bucks game, where it felt like they were always going to win and then they lost, this was a game where it felt like we were always going to lose, and then we lost. Um, I predicted thirty-five to ten. I was very wrong, and so honestly, I. I could have been a lot less impressed with how the Vikings played the Eagles. Um, I expected us to get destroyed physically kind of on both sides, and we kind of did, but it also kind of didn't matter. Um, I guess we'll go. I'll explain. Um, I expected to... I, oh, first of all, I expected us to lose this game, and when I expected us, and when we did lose the game, I was like, okay, I bet I'm going to look and see an inefficient offense, and I did watch the game, and I saw what I saw and didn't really see this, but I said, okay, the offense was inefficient, we got bullied on both sides of the ball, um, that stuff's true, but I don't honestly don't think it would have mattered if we didn't lose the turnout for battle four to one and we wouldn't have lost to the bucks if we didn't lose the battle turnover battle three one three zero i think so is this ball club two and oh if we didn't lose the turnover battle collectively seven to one even though the offensive line stinks and even though the defensive line stinks I expected to come on here and say, okay, we're getting bullied on both sides of the ball. The team's built wrong. I wish we were built like the 49ers. You know, my usual shit that I always say. But put up 28 points against the Eagles. Compared to last year, that's a huge improvement. And how many more points would we put up if we didn't turn the ball over four times? And obviously one of those is like a very easy seven points that if we don't drop the the lean in for the touchdown and have it turn into a touchback, which whatever. Like, that's a, that's a huge seven-point swing, and, you know, obviously probably even bigger than that. Um, that's an easy turnover that we take that one turnover off the board, and we already have seven more points. Who knows about the rest of them? But we take that one turnover off the board, we already have seven more points. If we take that other, the Kirk fumble that turned into a immediate red zone opportunity for the Eagles off, all of a sudden they don't have seven more points. Those are two turnovers that have directly correlated to 14-point swings that completely changed the game against the reigning World Series runner-ups. And that's with our bad offensive line. That's with our defensive line that couldn't stop the run to save its absolute life. And so you're left thinking, how is this? first of all, how is this team good enough to even be in these games with the turnover battle that we're losing so badly then also how are we like we just can't hold on to the football four fumbles in one game i mean it's just insane um but we're not as we're not bad for the reasons i expected us to be bad which in one way feels really good in the other way it's very frustrating because we're still zero and two and it's still very hard to make the playoffs for teams that start zero and two um so I guess I don't know. 
I think we're better than our record says we are. I think we're a one-in-one team. But um, it's just we're still 0-2, and, and I don't, I don't know if I trust us to play that much better that we're in an 0-2 hole. And we are more talented on offense now. The biggest like struggle point of the offense was interior offensive line and running the ball, which are all kind of connected to. Um, so we'll see. But um, next week he's against the Chargers, who are exactly like us, team with a bunch of talented players, can move the ball, um, can attack through the air, but just don't win football games. They're also owned to somehow. Um, they lost to the Titans, which just an all-time game for the Titans to win, where they looked horrible week one. Um, and then beat a Chargers team that everybody still loves. And what nobody expects them to do. It's just what the Titans do. They win games they shouldn't, and that's what they do. They did it all the way to a one seed one year and then lost the playoffs right away. But um, let me check the line for that Chargers game. Vikings and Chargers... My voice is tired, by the way. I might have a few extra few extra dude wipes breaks for the drinking. <coughs> Line is dead even according to ESPN, which I know isn't the best source for that type of thing, but um, it's presented by Caesar Sportsbook, so maybe it is. Um, it's a pick'em at home in Minneapolis. Um I think we win. I think we win. Why not? I think we we play the way we... mm. I guess what I'm really afraid to see is that we clean up the turnovers and then can't move the football. That's what I'm really scared. And if if that is what happens on Sunday, I will be, like, as disappointed as I could possibly be. Um, But, yeah. I think we win. ESPN's matchup predictor says we have a 46% chance of winning and that they have a 53% chance of winning. 46.5 plus 53.2 does not add up to 100, so there's a chance of a tie, apparently. Um, Yeah, just a few other notes about the Vikings. Quick, that's not my notes app. Ivan Pace Jr. is like the third-rated PFF graded rookie or something like that. I saw that on a tweet, so shout out to him, undrafted. He looks really small, but he's good. Um, the uh, Pats have a rookie corner that's really good. But um, Kirk, other than the can't hold, not holding on to the football, has 300 yards in back-to-back games, has just gone absolutely insane. Um Jefferson doesn't have a touchdown yet, but he's been every bit the best wide receiver in the NFL that we expected him to be. And I think that's why, by the way, that the team, the offensive line isn't good and we can't run the ball, but the offense is still good. There was one drive in the second half. um, The one that I think eventually K.J. Osborne scored a touchdown on, but Jefferson was just peppered back to back to back, big chunk plays um, to move that ball down the field. And when we do that, it's just like, how do we ever three and out when we do that? It's because we 
give the running back two chances to do nothing. Um, but yeah, it's just Kirk's been playing well other than the turnovers. Um, helps to throw to the best wide receiver in the game. But um, those two guys have really been propping up the offense right now um, for a team that can't protect and can't run the ball. Um, and then you got Ryzen was the other thing which you already talked about. So um, that's Vikings. I'm going to predict a win, one or two. I think the sky isn't falling. I'll say that. Um, we're 0-2 right now. The sky isn't falling. I think we're a better team than the record says, as I mentioned. But it just would have been nice to win one of these games. And the Bucks' loss obviously hurts that much more now that it's 0-2. And... It feels like we could be 2-0. and And we lost the Bucks game because of really stupid mistakes. Because um, the team wasn't ready to play because we didn't play in preseason. That's not Kevin O'Connell in my opinion. But um, we're on the road back to 2-2. 2-2, two and two, two and two, anything can happen. Even if it, we have to be 500 at 4-4 four and four or something. Anything can happen from there. Um, and we'll be all right, I think. I think. I'm a lot more positive than I was certainly before the Eagles game and probably even after it, immediately after it. Um, I'm going to take a real quick water break. This one's sponsored by, um, I don't know, the USPS mail. <clears throat> All right. I want to talk about the other games just a little bit. Um, I have takes that I haven't written down, so I'll just go through them and hopefully I remember my takes. Um, the Bills aren't... I'm just looking, literally going to look through ESPN to see the games. Bills 38 to 10. The Bills aren't dead. Um, everybody's saying they were dead. We're wrong. The Raiders stink. They're, they're really bad, actually. Um, but the Bills aren't dead. Um, I think the the game that the Jets won against the Bills week one, Monday night, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, that was a big time, like, resilience. Like, our guy got taken out. We're going to really show up, fight really hard, win that means nothing to how talented the team is. And we'll see that because they got pumped by the Cowboys. Um, but yeah, Josh Allen threw too many turbos to a good defense, but week one, because he didn't play a whole lot in the preseason. It happens. Like, that stuff happens. Um, week two, the Bills look exactly how they should look. Chiefs and Jaguars next. Chiefs 17, Jaguars 9. This is a weird game. Neither team should be scoring this few points. But I will say, and this is one of the takes I wanted to remind people of. Quarterback ranking. <coughs> oh my gosh. But she just about died. Um, quarterback ranking back in the offseason. Trevor Lawrence not cracking the top 10. Everybody anointed him as being really good because he threw to Hunter Renfro a lot in college. Um, 
I, he, I didn't rank him in the top 10. He played real bad. He had a really bad game against an offense that Jared Cook, or Jared Cook, Jesus Christ, Jared Goff cooked, Jared Goff cooked in week one. So I just want to throw that out there. I, I'm not victory lapping per se, but I just, you know, put up nine points against a defense that isn't, you know, great. I guess Chris Jones was back, so I'll throw that in there, I guess. But um, it's kind of hard to put up nine points in today's NFL and be like, yeah, I'm a good quarterback, you know? It just is what it is. So, I, you know, bad Trevor Lawrence game. Some people are saying I called it. Um, Ravens 27, Bengals 24. The Bengals are bad, apparently. I think the Ravens are good. It'll all not matter when Lamar gets hurt in three weeks. Um, not wishing that on him per se, but we're going to be like, oh, the Ravens are 10 and 3. Tyler Huntley's playing. Oh, shit, this is horrible to watch. And now they're not in the playoffs. Um, that's going to happen. So them being really good weeks one or two um, when Lamar's playing doesn't really matter. I don't think the Bengals are really in trouble. They are, they're always kind of owned by the Browns, which is their loss week one. They didn't look good. They looked really bad. Um, but then, you know, it's a three-point game against the Ravens, who are also good. Like, I think they'll be okay. I think they're in even a better spot than the Vikings are um, as an 0-2 team. But, you know, it doesn't, you know, it probably doesn't feel good. Joe Burrow always kind of starts slow, or at least in the few years he's played, he started slow. I remember that from owning him last year in fantasy, and then I nearly won the chip. Shout out to Mar Hamlin. Um, Talked about this a little bit earlier. Titans-Chargers, such a Titans game to win, such a Chargers game to lose. I think that makes sense for everybody that knows these two teams. Um, Rabel is just one of the best coaches in the league. Or maybe he, I don't know if he is, honestly. I really don't know. Because his teams are never dynamic. They're never high octane. They're never impressive in really any way. And at some point, that does come down to him. Like, you'd rather have Andy Reid. Because his teams are awesome all the time. If you have a shitty team, you want Mike Vrabel. Is he ever going to turn your team into not a shitty team? Probably not. But Mike Vrabel with a shitty team will beat a lot of other coaches with a decent team. And Brandon Staley is absolutely one of those coaches that will lose with a bad team over and over and over and over again. Um, as he has done. And I think people are saying his job's on the hot seat. I would be very okay seeing him go, honestly. I think the Chargers with like a really good offensive coach would be a very fun team to watch. I don't really have a dog in that fight in any way. But um, yeah, I, I believe that'd be... If I was a Chargers fan, which there are none because they moved to L.A., um, I would be wanting for Brand Staley to not be around anymore. Um, Packers-Falcons. Packers lost to the Falcons. They suck. They suck. They suck. They're, they're a bad team. Jordan Love is not the is not the guy. It doesn't matter that he's thrown for like 300 yards in back-to-back games to start the season. That's not even true. He was bad. He threw for two, three touchdowns. That's what it is. That's what it is. Um. Through 151 yards. That's like nothing. I could throw for 151 yards. Jordan Love is still the worst quarterback in the league. Packers are still bad. They lost to the Falcons, who are, even though they're 2-0, they're not that good. They're not that good. Um, by the way, I'm obviously kind of joking. I'm a little bit scared of the Packers. 
there's this girl that went to my undergrad. I, I, for all the women listeners right now, I may be about to sound misogynistic. I don't intend to, and I don't think I am. If you knew her, you'd know her. Anyway, there's a girl that went to my college, and if you know anything about my college, it's full of losers. Um, and so she's a loser, and like the last person you'd ever expect to watch football. And I don't think she ever watched football when she was in college. She would just like come to my friend's dorm room and try to hit on him, and then we'd all be like, would you leave? Anyway, she's apparently a Packers fan. And she just like posts Instagram story after Instagram story after Instagram story about football in general, but also like Aaron Rodgers thirst and like, oh, I love Jordan Love. And it's just like, like it'd be weird if, if it'd be weird if like I did it. It'd be weird if I posted the things that she posts. And I'm pretty sure everybody that knows me well knows that, like, I watch a lot of football. It'd be weird if I did that. It'd be weird if any of the loons did it, even though the, everybody knows that we all watch a lot of football. We, we all bet on sports. Well, I don't. All the loons bet on sports. Like, it'd be weird if we did the things they're doing, that she is doing. Um, anyway, she posted this Instagram story after the Packers lost. And it was, like... Uh, it was like a repost, story post. I don't know how it works on Instagram. You, like, you like repost somebody's post on your story type thing of the Packers and the final score graphic, whatever. And it'd be like, and she said like, tough loss today. Defense got lazy in the second half and made too many mistakes. It's just like, what kind of analysis do we think the defense got lazy is? Like, do you think that, oh, the defense just stopped trying in the second half? You think that the people that are played, paid to play football and have to cash in on three years of their career being really good before they get injured or they nobody cares about them? Or you think they just stopped trying in the second half of a game against the Falcons? Or maybe they the maybe they just maybe the, maybe the Falcons just figured out something scheme wise, or maybe Bijan Robinson's really good. We just got lazy, and it's not that. You have to know everything about football to watch her to be a fan or whatever. But don't, like, her stories seem so, like, they seem like she's trying to be an, an analyst. And I understand that I'm trying to be an analyst sometimes about shit that I don't know about. But I would hazard to guess that I've watched about a hundred times more football games than she has. And also, I'm very honest when I don't know something. I will never be like, oh, the defense got lazy in the second. Like, what? The defense got lazy? I think they're like, yeah, okay, we just don't want to play anymore. Oh, it's a really close game. We're going back to back. We're back and forth the entire second half. Oh, but we're lazy. We're going to let Desmond Ritter tear us up now because we don't want to try. Like, what, what are we even talking about? Anyway, um, rant over. That girl's annoying. It probably wouldn't be that annoying if she wasn't actually annoying in person. Like, I've met her, and she's very annoying. And it also might not be as annoying if she wasn't a Packers fan. But it is what it is. That's the Packers, and that's my Packers analysis. I don't, I don't really care. Um, Bijan Robinson was sick, though. So I'll say that. Um, Seahawks-Lions... 
I didn't watch this game at all. I actually kind of did, wouldn't have even been able to tell you who won this game if you uh, hadn't told me. Geno Smith, though. boy. That's all I got. Um, Colts-Texans. Yes, the Colts won, but C.J. Stroud, who I have on this podcast, planted my flag in. I'll remind you, Stroud was my guy. 384 yards. 384 yards. Two touchdowns. No picks. He's got no picks all year, by the way. Um... You know, he got sacked six times, but and may have thrown forty-seven passing attempts, but three hundred eighty-four yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Like who's not who's not signing up for that in the second game in the NFL? Um, they lost the game. They only put up twenty points, but you know, three hundred eighty-four yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Like. I'd take that. I'd take that in fantasy. I'd take that for my quarterback. Um, yeah. You know, C.J. Stroud had a good game. May have even had a better game than Anthony Richardson, who can't stay healthy for more than a quarter at a time. Sure, he had two rushing touchdowns or something, I think. Might have made that up. Nope. Nailed that. Three for 35 on the ground with two touchdowns. Um but CJ Stroud is staying upright. He's throwing for way more yards. Giving his team a chance with the, with a horrible roster, you know. You know, CJ Stroud. I'm just saying. Um Bucks Bears, Bucks 27, Bears 17. The Bears are really bad. Um and the Bucks are not as bad as we thought they were, which this is also part of why I don't hate how the Vikings are feeling as much. Now the Bears are bad, whatever. But the Bucks looked really competent in that game, especially offensively. And Baker has played well. So the fact that Baker played well against us, or he didn't even play that well, but the fact that they played well enough to win against us feels like we lost to a team that's capable instead of, now that I know that Baker's played well against another team, feels like it's lost to, we lost to a team that's capable instead of like a really shitty Bucks team that we thought we had. Going into the year. And I said a little bit of something about that. Like, hey, this defense is still who they are. Mike Evans is still who he is. Chris Godwin is still who he is. Um, Said a little bit about that last week. But Baker played well this past week, too. And so I think that our loss looks a little bit better against the Bucs. And the Eagles game, and as I mentioned earlier, the Eagles game went a little bit better than I expected. So I think the Vikings are in a decent spot. Anyway, I've already said that. The Bears are really bad. Um, whoever is the offensive coordinator in Chicago, I, it's not Eberflus. He's the coach, head coach. I definitely know the name, and I would recognize it when I saw it, but I um, don't have it remembered off the top of my head. Um, we it, You just have to stop the whole Justin Fields is a passer thing. Like... He is one of the most unnatural-looking pocket passers of anybody that's ever played the game of football. You have to let the Bronco buck in this case. you got to let him be who he is. 
he was really good last year as a running as a running first quarterback. He was really good. And in two through two games this year he's been like dropping back and looking completely lost. I also saw something that like drops back way slower than the average quarterback, which is kind of funny. Um because he's way faster than the average quarterback. But yeah, he just looks in the pocket he looks terrible. Um on the run, he obviously is great. Now, is he, is he going to get hurt? Sure, but that's kind of, I mean, it's the thing. You won't turn, try to turn Lamar Jackson. Like, when they stopped trying to turn Lamar Jackson into somebody he isn't, that's when Lamar Jackson, like, won the MVP. And that's because John Harbaugh knows what he's doing. He, pitch, he coaches to his players. And they have to deal with Lamar Jackson getting hurt every year. That's true. But it's a hell of a lot better than watching what, like, Justin Fields is doing right now, where he just looks so unnatural. You can tell he's thinking through everything. Um, and not reacting at all on instinct or t- natural talent. By the way, I'm watching this Marlins game right now, and Johnny Cueto is still in the major leagues? No, that that cannot be right. I mean, it is him. How old is this guy? I feel like he's been pitching since I was 12, which I guess wouldn't be that long, but... On the Marlins... Johnny Cueto. Also, he, like, only ever threw, like, 89 miles an hour. He's 37 years old, which is, you know, probably about as old as I would have guessed. Um, let me just see how fast he's throwing. Fa- where can I see that really quickly? Fa- baseball savant. Cueto relies on six pitches. Oh, 92. Okay, that's not as bad as I thought. Okay, 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 okay. Cueto's one of those, like, switch up the wind-up guys and be annoying. Basically like a uh, Loon Pugs. Um, wait, I'm not allowed to say Loon for people that aren't Loon anymore. Um, that's kind of weird because I don't want to say their actual names. Um, this is something that the owner, by the way, just peek behind the curtain. The owners got mad at me for saying loon, whoever, because they're not actually loon. Um, there's a big argument in the group chat. Um, I should just say like goose, <laughs> goose, goose. So if I say goose, whoever, and just say their nickname, then that's who I'm talking about. But they're just, it's very clear that they're not loons. Um, so goose pugs, our buddy that we went to high school with used to like, quick pitch people and then slow it down and then go fast and he tried to do that to like it would work really well against the shitty teams like he pitched a no hitter once against Wapaton but um didn't always work against like the better teams anyway um that was a little Johnny Cueto goose pugs diversion where were, where, what were we even talking about um Bears and Buccaneers yeah uh Justin Fields needs to run the ball that's that's it um wow there's a lot of games um I don't know if I'll go through every game every week. If I don't have a feeling about it, I'll not go through it. Giants, Cardinals, the Giants are, they're alive. They're, uh, they got up off the mat. I said last week that I would not feel that bad about losing 40 nothing. It was going to look really horrible when they went down to the Cardinals 20 nothing in the first half, but then they looked like the playoff team that they should be. Daniel Jones finally figured something out. He's not good, and I don't think they're going to be good. Um... But at least they're not dead.
it's kind of sad to watch Daniel Jones be bad, but I don't know. He's back. They're back. They're not really back, but um, 49ers 30, Rams 23. <coughs> um, Sean McVay kicked a field goal to cover. People are asking what's going on there. Um, yeah, I think he just cares about covering. That's an all-time, like, we love Sean McVay move if he bets that. And all-time, we don't love Sean McVay if he didn't bet that. Um, no chance to win the game at all. Bucking that field goal just covered seven and a half or whatever it was. Um, the Niners are really good. Brock Purdy doesn't have to be good. And they're, they feel a little bit like the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs from two years ago or whatever it was. Where, uh, more so two years ago than this past year. Um, the first year that they won when Stetson Bennett wasn't really great. He wasn't really quite the guy in every single game. You're like, I wonder if he's going to let us down. And he just never did because the team around him was so good. This is a little bit how the 49ers feel to me right now where they're talented everywhere except quarterback, and, and Brock Purdy's better than everybody thinks, but he's not, you know, Joe Burrow. He's not Josh Allen. Um, just named two quarterbacks that are combined for one and three on the year, but whatever. It's not Patrick Mahomes, who's one and one. Anyway, um, but yeah, they're good enough to win, certainly with Brock Purdy. He just really has to play safe, not even safe, but clean, and he's good at playing clean. Um He'll miss a few big throws, and that's honestly fine because then they'll go run the ball down your throat for the next 40 yards, and then you'll be in the same place anyway. Um, on the Rams side, Puka Nakua, he's a thing. Um, I'm a little bit salty. Maybe isn't the word. My, by the way, my fantasy team wails. I'm 2-0. Just put up 155. Um, feel good. I think saw some rankings this week. I'm like got seven players in the top forty-two. So that means all of the top forty-two players, I've won six of them, which because my team Wales and those are all my seventh starters at wide receiver and running back. Um, and also tight end, by the way. So I'm streaming quarterback, and we still have a kicker for whatever reason. But anyway, oh, this isn't about this wasn't about my fantasy team, but I did try to pick up Puka Nakua for nineteen fab. Um, the other week, but um, Goose Billiards got to him first for twenty fab, so that was that was a little bit tough to handle, especially when he went for like fifteen catches and one hundred and seventy yards, whatever he did. Um, <coughs> now he's broken the rookie record for receptions in two weeks. Um, I have a take though, and I think um, again, not an X's and O's guys, but I feel like Puka Nakua is Cooper Cup. And when Cooper Cup comes back, Puka Nakua is dead. That's that's my feeling. That's my gut. That may or may not be because I picked up after Goose Billiards got um, Puka Nakua before I could. I picked up Tutu Atwell for like $1 fab. Maybe not even. Maybe he's free. I don't remember. Um and so maybe that's why I feel this way. I'm just, just wishful thinking that Tutu Atwell's value is going to stay the same and Puka Nakua is going to disappear back to wherever he came from. But um, 
because Tutu Atwell has also been playing well. He's sneaky over two hundred or over a hundred both weeks. I believe that might not be true, um, but he's around two hundred yards for the season on a bunch of catches. Like he's been playing well too. Um, Kyron Williams has been scoring all the touchdowns. Cam Akers is not there anymore for that reason. But um, anyway, I will see. Yeah, we'll see. Just that wasn't really any analysis on the team. That was more of a fancy thing. By the way, I also lost out. Jerome Ford this week. Nick Chubb is dead, which we'll get there. But um, lost on Jerome Ford this week. I bid $65 fab. Goose Mo bid $75. Got second there again, so that one hurts. Picked up Kareem Hunt. We'll see. But anyway, um, that was the 49ers Rams. Jets, Cowboys. The Jets are bad, and they're going to be depressing, and they're going to be on every single – they're going to be on five more – um, primetime games, and it's just going to suck. It's just going to suck. Nobody has anybody other than Garrett Wilson on fantasy. Brees Hall is kind of dead. Um, so there's no real reason to watch for that. And you're just going to watch bad football and lopsided games, and it's going to suck. That being said, the Cowboys are really good. Um, their point differential in the year is 50-10 to 10 right now. Um, and... They're almost in the same situation as the Niners, where they're built well, both sides. The quarterback doesn't have to be good. Dak has been fine all year. You know, he didn't have to do anything week one, first of all. And he was fine and just about only fine. Um, he just got to not cause problems, and that's really it. Kind of exactly what Josh Allen couldn't do, by the way, week one. But I'm worried about the Cowboys. I think they're going to be good. Um, the Jets are going to be sad, and that also worries me. Um, Commanders, Broncos. I need, I need some water. I need some water. This, um, this is sponsored by um, Bush's Baked Beans. Commanders Broncos. Are the Manders good? I think that's a bit that's the only real question here. I don't think the Broncos are good. This is the first time the offense has done anything in since Russell Wilson got here, it seems. And they played really good in the first half. But the Broncos are just the they there's a stink around that team that I felt in teams in Minnesota in the past, honestly, but there's a stink around the team where when they, it's like, oh, the defense carries and then the offense can't do anything. But now that the offense has scored a bunch of points, the defense allows a bunch of points. And that's because that team stinks and they are gross and they feel bad and there's bad vibes and they lose. And um, Sean Payton was supposed to fix all that. He obviously hasn't. Um, I think it's a Russell Wilson thing. Nobody really likes him, but that team, it just stinks. I would hate to be a Rockets fan right now. I'm like, not even like, joking or anything i just it just would not be fun okay that marlins game is over and now there's nothing on tv marlins lost by the way rip there's actually nothing on tv except women's sports which again don't mean to sound like a misogynist i'm just not particularly interested there is 
the USL. There's NCAA men's soccer. I can watch a re-airing of Wyoming versus Texas. Okay, this is ESPN is not doing it right now. Um, by the way, um, in case anybody forgot, football rocks because the difference between a Wednesday night in the, in the world just existing in the, as a Wednesday night and a Thursday night is massive for one reason and one reason only. Only, and kind of every other night of the week, because there's always football on every other night of the week, except for Tuesday. But Tuesday and Wednesday nights suck, and it's only because there's not football on. Um, I'm am I going to literally watch the WNBA? I really hope we don't have any women listeners. I'm not, I'm not giving off a good a good impression here. Women's volleyball. That's actually more interesting. I might actually, I might legitimately cut this. Um, anyway, um, sorry for all the women out there. Um, what was I saying? There we go. The Manders might be good. I think we, I think we have to, the defense is, well, I say I was going to say they're good, but they don't. They're not good if they allowed thirty three points to the Broncos. But they feel good. It feels like their front seven is really talented and like disruptive and all that stuff. But they aren't good if they allow thirty three points. That's just a fact. Um, Sam Howell seems to like have something. Um, and they have a way better vibe. I feel like this was a huge vibes game. I think these teams are equally talented. If not, the Broncos are more talented in theory. But there's just a stink around that Broncos franchise that means they lose games they shouldn't. And the commanders, like, they're like in an all-time high vibes-wise in terms of, like, just got rid of their new owner. Um, you know, first win at home, went to the new owner last week. Go out and win on the road this week. Um, just the vibes are hot. Vibes are hot. Um, and I think that's a huge difference. Dolphins, Patriots. Patriots are bad. The Dolphins are good. Those are my takes. Also, Mac Jones has always been bad, and people thought he was good for a second, and I did not think he was good ever. And I want people to know that I'm right about that. And so that is what I'm saying. If I had this, if I listen, if the Intern Allen show existed two years ago when Mac Jones went to the Pro Bowl, I would have been I would have been saying that he is not a Pro Bowler. He's not a good quarterback. I would have been saying exactly what I said about Trevor Lawrence. Why do we think he's good? Because he maybe had one good game because they had a little bit of success because the defense was good. Like that is exactly what I'd be saying. I'd be saying that they couldn't trust him in the snow game against Buffalo when they only pass the ball three times that's what i would have been saying two years ago and i did say all those things i just didn't have a podcast at the time and so i know it's super lame to ask for credit for it now but whatever i'm just saying that guy is not a good quarterback it makes me sad to watch him play quarterback because he's not good the dolphins on the other hand are maybe the most fun to watch team in the entire nfl the scheme is incredible. There's dudes just wide open all the time. 
Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle are both sick. They're both so fast. And the scheme is really good for the running back too. It just it's just good. Tua you get to say that two is good, that's kind of exciting and fun. Um the Dolphins are fun to watch. I didn't watch much of this game at all, but um saw some of the highlights and they're sick, so here's what it is. Um I didn't watch much of the Monday night games either. I well, I was in a restaurant watching them kind of over somebody's shoulder. But um Nick Chubb and injuries. I don't know anything about the Saints Panthers. Who cares? They, those teams both are not good. Um, Deshaun Watson is bad. Also, the Nick Chubb injury feels to me, obviously, horrible injury. We'll see if he ever plays football again. That's what people are saying. He'll play football again. Let's be real. Um, it wasn't like he's fucking Ryan Shazier and now he can't walk anymore. Like, it's not that. Um we probably can't walk today, but it's not like he's never going to walk again. Um, Fantasy-wise, because nobody really cares about the Browns. They're not going to whatever. Um, I do think Jerome Ford will is going to be the Nick Chubb moving forward, even though they signed Kareem Hunt today. And even though Kareem Hunt is on my team. In our league chat, we were called kind of cooking Goose Mo a little bit. Goose Mope, formerly Loon Mope, but now Goose Mope. And we're all cooking him because he spent 75 fab on Jerome Ford. I do think he's going to be the better player moving forward for fantasy because I think Kareem Hunt just comes in and does exactly what Kareem Hunt did last year, <coughs> which is be a backup and get like 10 touches a game, and that doesn't really do for much for you. He's on my team if he happens to come in and be the guy, but I just don't think that happens. There's a reason he wasn't on the team to begin with. And Jerome Ford was. And some of that's the contract, sure, but he's not really on much money this year, you know, or now. So, um, yeah, I think that's my Monday night take. That's kind of a long, the spot is low-key long, but it is what it is. Um, I have a bunch of college football notes, too. I'm going to go through them very quickly because I don't want to be here all night. Um. College football. Um, I've decided, because I don't want to get fired by my bosses, to go over the um, the Loon's betting record. We went 3-2 and two this week. We're road to 500 is complete, I believe. Had a bad week one. But listen, we had a bad week zero last year, and we bounced back and won 50%. So 57%, that is. So 58%. I don't know, one of those two, 57.5%, something like that. Um, so, we're, I mean, we're back, we're back. Like, we're back to 500 now. It's getting a little rusty, and, you know, loon locks this weekend are going to go brazy. You're going to make, you're making a lot of money off the loon locks. It just is what it is. Everybody knows. You know. You know to follow the loon. Um, Colorado. I think I love Colorado. I think I love Travis Hunter. I think fuck that guy, number 11, whatever his name is. Um, he is not invited on this podcast. Everybody else except him and Bo Hostler are not invited on this podcast. Um, 
I should actually make a not invited on the podcast list. That'd be fun. Um, but anyway, what's his name? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't remember his name. Didn't look it up. Um, apparently he was getting death threats. That feels like pretty extreme. I think people should just say he's not invited on their podcast and let that kind of be what it is. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, the hit on track. The, the entire game, it just seemed like Colorado State didn't give a shit about winning while well, they were playing really well. But there was, it just felt like Bounty Gate Saints against Brett Favre. Like, that's just how it felt all game. They're just being fucking brutal. Um, and Travis Hunter hit was bad, dude. And now he's, like, got a lacerated something. Lacerated liver or something like that. Just insane. Um, so, yeah, fuck that guy for that. Um, Miami is so back. I didn't get a chance. This is not because we beat Bethune-Cookman by 40. Trust me, that was always going to happen. Um, this is because we beat AM, who maybe isn't that good. But I didn't get to talk about it last week. Miami's so back. I'm pretty sure Tyler Van Dyke, shout out the homeland, Dutch people. Um, pretty sure Tyler Van Dyke is, I saw a stat that he's like the PFF, the highest graded quarterback for the year so far. Now, playing against Bethune-Cookman for one of those games and against Miami of Ohio for one of those games. Like, yeah, yeah, that helps. But that's the exact type of thing he was not doing last year. He was not really, really not good last year. Came in as like a high draft pick potential and then played really bad all year and didn't even end up declaring for the draft. So the fact that maybe he's back and actually playing to that potential is very exciting. Um, second year in the system, which is like one of my buzzwords at this fucking point, um, playing a lot better. It just is what it is. Um, also, sneaky, we're getting recruits left and right. I don't remember any of their names, and I don't really follow that closely, but I feel like every other day my phone buzzes, and it's like, oh, Miami football just got this four-star DN from wherever. Um, so Mario Cristobal, you know, it's, the U is back. Everybody, it's so back. We're going to beat Florida State because they almost lost to, who they almost lose to, Boston College. Um, and when that happens, we're going to be so back. That's all. Um, I have notes here. Alabama is dead and Michael Penis. Um, I think those are pretty self-explanatory. Miami football, not really not looking good. Um, it's just, just something. I mean, it's just, it's just not, it's just not what it used to be. And, um, I mean, I was just looking up the score here. 17-3 against South Florida. I mean, what, like, what are we doing? Um, Nick Saban looks sad. Eh, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, Michael Penis. Um, Washington's good. And Michael Penis is playing really well. And I keep calling him Michael Penis because it's very funny. Um, but, yeah, those are those notes. Um, let me see other notes I had about college football. Um on Duke's helmets, Duke football's helmets, and this is kind of from a week or two ago, too. Um, you know, like on the top of the helmet, like the crown of the helmet, right above the face mask, like in the middle, there's like a little logo spot, a little spot for a logo. Usually it says Riddell or whatever. Um, on Duke's helmets, it's, there's like, it's like a hand, it's like a picture of a hand signal that they do where they put, like, their fingers together and stick their thumbs out. Look it up if I'm describing it badly. 
and I like I know that it, that's what it's supposed to be because it looks like I've seen an up close picture of it, and that's what it looks like. But like on the screen, it looks like like they have a mustache on like the crown of their helmet, and not like like mustaches are cool. Like if you're a dude and you can grow a mustache on your on your lip, like on your actual mustache, it's cool. But the whole like remember when like girls in middle school, at least middle school for me. Like, you used to just draw mustaches on everything, and everything was, like, mustache-decorated. They'd have, like, mustache phone cases. And it was... That was cringe and weird and loser-ish. And it, that's what it looks like is on Duke's helmet. And so, um, if anybody that listens to the Inter Allen Show is in the Duke Athletic Department front office, please change that. You look like loser middle school girls. I'm really not coming across well to the women in this in the podcast tonight. Anyway, um, that's my take. That that is my last um, college football point. Um, actual good games coming up. There's a lot of top twenty five, inter top twenty five matchups this week, so that'll be exciting. Um, real quick, this, this is low key a long pod to do solo. The only pods that have been this long were like the first one, and um, the ones where I have guests where I don't have to talk the whole time. Magic number for the Twins is, uh, what is it, five? I think it might be four. They won today. Um, Magic number calculator. Got to look it up, how many wins they have now. Gosh. Gosh. MLB scores. That's not what I want. Standings. So the Twins have 81 wins in the... The Guardians have 81 losses. 81. 81. Oh, not 8.1, you dumbass. How do I go back? 81. The magic number is 1. Wait, we're going to clinch, like, tomorrow. Oh, shit. Wait, we're actually going to clinch tomorrow. Okay, bet, 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 bet. All right, cool. Because Guardians lost today and we won. Um, is that right? Why does that feel wrong? It's not wrong. Anyway, whatever. Um, Loon, shout out Loon Mush for bringing this to my attention in the chat today. Um, Nearing in on team total watch. So need them to go, I believe, four and five the rest of the way. Say the team total. I'm not going to say anything one way or the other as to whether that's likely to happen or not, not because I don't want to jinx it. But just thought I'd bring it to everybody's attention that team total watch is on. Playoffs are basically secured. We have one game left. Um, but team total watch is on. Check in next week and team total watch has happened or not. Um, yeah, that's the Twins. Um, if Royce Lewis is hurt, we're fucked. If Carlos Correa is hurt, we're probably less fucked because he's not even good. Um, also, who's going to start game three of the playoffs? People are wondering, and I don't really have an answer. It's either Maeda or Joe Ryan, probably, but neither of them will feel great at the moment. Or really have, eh, at any point since, like, June. Um, that's the Twins. All right. This, um, water break is sponsored by, um... 
Gatorade. I don't know why. Just have one right next to me. All right, we're back. Post game time. Um, not a long post game tonight, thankfully. Um, just want to start by saying my queen, um, Alex Earl, has started a new podcast. I'm very excited about it. And congratulations, Alex. Please, um, I mean, if you want me to come on your pod before you come on this pod, like that's cool. Um, just like let me know. Um, I've DM'd you already. Um. So just like answer me back and and we'll be all right. Um, I'm more than yeah more than willing to come on your podcast first if you want to do that before coming on mine. Um, um, remember when we made eye contact in Bodega? Thanks. Um, anyway, um, topic of the post game is um, I haven't golfed in a long time, and it's I'm I'm sad about it. I feel like I'm not good anymore. And all these, there's people in my life who I used to be equally good at golf with that are just like being really good at golf now. And I thought that that was going to be me. I thought that I was going to be the shitty golfer that then was became really good because now I live in Florida and I can golf all the time. But I just like don't golf because I don't have time for it or I'm like going to the gym. Anyway, not, not to brag, but... um or I, you know, went to Italy for months or whatever. Again, that's a break. But, um, like Loon Schmidt, actually Loon Schmidt, um, I just wasn't mentioned on the pod because he was angry at me, but he hit a hole in one. It's also mentioned on every other golf outlet in the entire world. Um, he hit a hole in one on a par four at TPC Scottsdale. Like, I mean, it's just like, that's the stuff of dreams. And that's because he plays a lot of golf and he's gotten pretty good. And he, we used to be the same level. And now I haven't played in since July, even though I live in Florida. And he's been grinding because he lives in Arizona and he can and he does. Um, so, uh, shout, you know, shout out to Loon Schmidt for that. But also, like, that should be me, you know. Um, also... My other buddies from college, uh, Goose, we'll call him Goose, Goose Spencer, um, texted me the other day, shot a 79 today. Well, fuck, man. I wish I was shooting a 79. I wish I haven't, wish I, you know, wasn't shanking the ball every try, every time I tried to hit it and also haven't played since July. You know, maybe I should just go, but I feel like when I go, I'm going to be bad, so I have to hit the range first, but then I don't like hitting the range because I'd rather just play. But my game's not a good spot where I can just play and actually enjoy it because the last time I played, I thought I was good, and, you know, I wasn't. But, so, yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I mean, the golf mindset is in shambles. Also, Sneaky broke my 52 degree, which I used all the time. I Sneaky broke it last time I played because I threw it at a golf cart. Um in anger so like it's just which means i have to go to then the golf shop that's nearby that they uh, you know they like 
you know, they have good clubs and good selection and they're really helpful, but they make you like feel bad about yourself. They're like, oh, your fucking Sasquatch Nike driver is so out of date and like you are a loser for having it. And it's just like, I don't really, I just don't really, don't really want to go through that. I just want a 52 degree. Um, so there's just a lot that's involved. You know, it's a very difficult time in my golf life. So, uh, yeah, you know, but also, I mean, also, I've, you know, I've been busy. I've been busy. That's part of it. I've been going to the gym a lot. That's part of it. I'm huge now. That's not true, but that's part of it. Um, so, you know, it's not all bad. It's some, you know, some good things, but, um, I did buy it like a sick sweater, a golf sweater. Now it's not really a golf sweater cause you know, wouldn't wear it golfing, but it's a sweater. It's like a knit cable knit sweater, but there's like a guy golfing embroidered on the front. Now it sounds lame, but it's sick. I promise you. Um, that being said, I do live in Miami and a wool sweater isn't exactly the move most of the time with the weather. But when I did wear it and it was like 90 degrees outside, it was very warm. But I also got everybody's like, that sweater is so cool. And it is so cool. You'd have to see it. This is not a visual podcast, but you got I mean, you got to see the sweater. Um, so that part of my, but it's also like, buddy wears a golf sweater, doesn't even really golf anymore. Like, what are we doing? Like. I just got to get back out there, but, you know, I stink. Maybe I should, well, let me see. Also, like, golf on the weekends here is just so expensive. You have to, you basically have to golf during the week. But then it's like, do I even have time to golf during the week? And it's, you know, it's all thing, whatever. You know, it's not the worst struggle somebody's ever gone through. But, you know, I wish I was golfing more. Anyway, that's the pod. Um, um, the um, emoji is um, – sorry, I'm distracted. There's I'm watching volleyball, and there's a girl. They're, like, post showing pictures of her and her boyfriend, and she's a foot taller than him. It's actually hilarious, and they're, like, roasting the guy for being short. Anyway, um, the, photo, the photo is – or the photo, Jesus. Um, the emoji is the uh, lightning bolt. I don't know. That's good enough. Peace.